All right. I think it's working now. Yeah, I, I uh, same with Jay, man. I, I fucked up, and I, I fucked up all the technical shit there, and I just decided to two-piece it. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. You know, like we said, it's your audience. They, they want it raw, so we'll give it to them raw. No, they won't get what they get. They're going to get what they get. Yeah, because it's all that's available. I'm sorry. Actually, they can they can go to your – what is your YouTube? Let's give a little plug for it. My was YouTube it Think right Before You Ink? Oh, it's Think Before You Ink. Um, it is the Think Before You Ink with the actual Think Before You Ink logo. I am currently trying to get these subscribers up so I could customize my channel so I can give myself my own URL link. But I am about 800 subscribers away. So if 800 faithfully are – Kyle supporters would like to subscribe to me. That would be beautiful. You can look they should. on YouTube. Think before you ink. Thank you. That would be beautiful, and I love you forever. Fuck yeah. Well, that should be easy yeah. enough, except I, I'm pretty sure I've only had like uh, 200 downloads, so <laughs> you, you got some work to do. If, if we get cool. we, we get those people to spread it around, and uh, hopefully the news will pick up. And then, yeah. so you can't you can't edit your channel or something until you get to a certain point with YouTube. So now you need a thousand subscribers on YouTube before you could give yourself a custom URL link. I think I got the answer for you, brother. You you just need to go on there and uh, spread some misinformation about COVID. <laughs> That's I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> You're not gonna do it, dude. It's the way to get recognized. It, everybody's doing it these days. Fucking the the market has spoken. <laughs> it's not about the truth; it's about the lie. It was a, that, I, I mentioned that somewhat because um, you know, Jay's got uh, some conspiracy leanings, and uh, and and I was talking to him, and he he kind of misrepresented a study that come out of Finland, if I could, if I'm understanding this correctly, about the COVID to me. So I have a little misinformation on my page already. We'll see how it does. You know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping if I if I guide enough people to, to straight to their death, then then people will come, you know, to listen just so they can hate me. All right, that's exciting. You let me know how that goes, and then if everything <laughs> works, then, then we we'll, gotta redo redo my episode, put it after all with a little more hate. I'm going yeah. about this now the Jake Paul way. That's what I'm calling it. The Jake Paul way. I like that. That kid's pretty amazing. You watch you watching any of the, the shit he's doing with fighting and all? Yeah, I've seen him here and there. Um I'm I'm not big on it only because I feel like it's definitely just degrading the sport. And like I've never boxed but I respect the sport. Right. So I I'm I can't support what he's doing for the whole boxing community. But for what he's doing for himself and his personal game, he he, he got it. Now, how about what he's doing for the MMA community? Are you familiar? Um, I don't know what, what what's happening there. What well, I'll preface it, or I'll, I'll try to explain my how I see it. Uh, first off, I have to kind of start out with I've been watching Jake Paul since my son was like nine, ten years old. I've just been watching him over my son's shoulder because my son would occasionally watch him on YouTube. I very quickly decided this dude's a fucking douchebag and I don't like him. <laughs> uh, and I didn't even know if I liked my son watching him. 
And then my son decided of his own accord, this guy's a fucking douchebag and I don't like him. And I was like, oh, cool. Right. However, <laughs> yeah, like I'm glad I'm glad you're of my ilk. You know, we're all the same. I'm glad because we're familial, you know. And then I noticed that um, when Jake Paul had he was hugely hated and probably rightfully so. He was making, you know, money on YouTube and putting it in people's faces about the money he was making on YouTube. It seemed like the most things that he was doing on YouTube was making people angry about having money from making people angry on YouTube. Okay. I feel like he applied that to the fight world. And not that he's the best fight. He's certainly not. A, I don't know that he's a bad. He's not a bad boxer, but he's still certainly not a great boxer. You know? Yeah. He's a good boxer. But he is great at promotion and using the energy that people give him for hate to do his own good in his world, you know, I, I respect that now. However, I've also seen that he is now, are you familiar with Francis Nagaganu? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that last name right. Nope, and even if you were, I'm not familiar with him. Well, he is uh, one of the best fighters. He is uh, the biggest fighter in the UFC. He's the, the heavyweight champion right now, and he doesn't get paid enough. He's always getting in fights with the UFC uh, promoter, Dana White, for pay and different things. So he's always going toe-to-toe -to -toe with these guys because was it Dana White has like 30 Ferraris. And uh, meanwhile, the guys that fight for him sometimes end up losing their whole careers and, you know, have nothing to show for it. Yeah except for maybe some CT scans and some broken ligaments and, and bones, you know. Not unlike okay. football. You're probably familiar. Football, we, get, we get paid a lot more in football. Well, see, that's what – so somewhat Logan – or Jake Paul has taken into – that. so he's actually fighting for fighter pay. Okay. And, and – I, I'm not saying he's doing the right, but he's doing enough good with the bad that he's created. If, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I got this bad energy. You know, everybody wants to give me their hate. Well, how can I make money for it? And then how can I actually do something good with the energy they give me too? That's, the, that's where my respect goes. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, I didn't know I'll, if you were I'll watching the that. UFC. Um, I'll support that. I do like what I've seen so far from him on that because I'm looking forward to a day that Dana White does not control UFC, does not, excuse me, does not control the MMA world. I think it's about to happen. I think we're on the verge. Well, it's only going to take, like, uh, a Jake Paul to, to make a stand and really, like, be able to team up with some of the heavy hitters in the MMA world to really put Dana White in a situation where he has to pay or no one's fighting. Yes. And I so what happened recently... That, mm -hmm. Go on, I'm sorry, I cut you off. And I think that being that it's a way smaller industry than boxing, as far as, like, it's time here with us, like, it's very young. Yes. Like, I think now would be the time to do it and really get a chokehold on it while they have the leverage of fighters. Oh, I like the way you worded that, too. Chill cold. 
Yeah. Let's see what you did there, man. Yeah, I'm I'm rolling with you. I expect you to go with a football reference because I know you. But you're like, no, listen, we're talking about a whole different topic, Kyle. Got this motherfucker yeah. in a chokehold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I apologize talking that much about it. it it's just been exciting for me because uh, I love UFC so much. And one thing you may not have known about, um, can you imagine being like Tom Brady or some shit, right? And then right before you go out to fight or to, to battle uh, against one of the high-up teams, they say you're actually going to the Super Bowl. And right before you get to the Super Bowl, um, I don't know, Kraft or I don't know whose boss is, but hands him uh, legal papers saying we're going to sue you because you're talking to another team about a trade. Mm -hmm. So well, Francis Nagaganu, the heavyweight, he was about to go out and fight, and about two hours before his fight for the heavyweight title, he got uh, news through his lawyers that he was being sued for talking to Jake Paul's manager about a possible fight. Why? Well, I don't know. It's all on what their contracts are like, man. Because we don't know. In this contract, it might be like some type of non-compete. Like you have to work with certain promoters. You don't know right. what these contracts are. No, no, I, I get it. But there's a timing issue too, right? Like, like that's right before I fight for you, and you're gonna you're gonna try and take the window to my sales like that, you know? Like, I'm worrying about the heavyweight championship of the world. And you're trying to threaten me with a bunch of legal bullshit. Well, he's trying to knock him off his game so he loses the belt. Like he, I'd assume. Which is some bullshit, though. This guy is. Yeah, but yeah. it's like it's, it's business. It's business. And if you got this this athlete that is under your umbrella and it, he's making things hard for you to run your umbrella, then it's like you're going to do everything you can to try to take the power out of him, and the power is the belt. He only has the right. power while he has the belt. So but that is that, that's what you see too. Is right. It ain't right, but it's like this, this business and business is a scary, dangerous world, which is why you yes. need the team. We're always going to go back to the team. He needs his legal team. That point. <laughs> <laughs> you are a team player, ain't you? Yeah. That's what we get from the football. I'm guessing. So I was always one of them idiots out there uh, wrestling. So I was an individual sport. So I'm always I'm always that idiot that's just like. I, I I show you my gap tooth smile and and see if you can't knock another tooth out, you know? Like, oh, I'm doing it by myself. Fuck it. I'll drive myself to the hospital too. Fuck it. Oh, you're wild. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I've never been able to. I I, I have a hard time. It's not wild. I have a hard time allowing other people to help me. Like I'm that idiot at the airport. This guy his family with him, and I've got everybody's luggage. You know what I mean? And and they're trying to help. They're like, Dad, do you want me to take some of that? That's my suitcase. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> you know? I shouldn't be. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote the, the infamous Kanye West by saying you have to have the power to let power go. Okay, yeah. I get that. That's almost like... um. No, it's not. <laughs> I was going to try and give a quote from his from his nemesis, 50 Cent, about some shit like that, too, but I can't even remember what, what 50 said. <laughs> Something about growing up, I don't know. Okay. So, 
besides uh, tattooing and entertaining, is your YouTube channel an entertainment channel then, or is it an info channel? It's going to be a little of both. Right now, we want to get these interviews out. The whole premise of the interviews is to help bridge the gap between clients and artists. I feel like what's happened in our industry, it's great that these TV shows are commercializing us and making us kind of seem like celebrities to people outside of our industry. So it's great because it builds up the notoriety, but I also feel like it's becoming a little detrimental because it is creating a weird space between us and our clients. Like, I, I feel I that. You, you know, I don't know if you deal with it, but it's like, yeah, you probably well, they all seem to. Yeah, they, they all seem to think they know something, right, from TV. Like, I know to get you to do the best work, I have to let you do what you want. However, I don't want to let you do what you want. So now I'm going to try and trick you into thinking you want to do what I want. And, and now we're at this fucked up place where, like, are we even on the same page? Like, I want to do the best tattoo for you. You want to try and try and... Yeah, like you want to try and manipulate every little aspect. I had a guy send me a picture of two tattoos. He wanted a sleeve. He wanted it to, he, had, he sent me one black and gray sleeve, and it was beautiful. And it was only three things, and it was from wrist to upper shoulder. And it was only three things. So it's, it's like a hockey player holding a Stanley Cup, a close-up of that hockey player, and then a picture of that hockey player on the ice. Um, each with a little less detail. So the portrait, of course, a lot of detail. The silhouette, obviously, is just a silhouette. And then the guy on action uh, on the ice was kind of less detailed, too, you know, because it's in motion. Beautiful tattoo. Then he sent me another picture that was more like the thing he wanted. It was a horrible tattoo. It was just a quarter sleeve, and it's like a quarter sleeve of everybody that ever played hockey ever. Like all crammed into this small little room, you know, and all around the, the Stanley Cup. So then he wanted me to, he was like, listen, I want it to look like this tattoo with only three things. However, I want you to put seven, or I think it was nine different hockey players in it. Yeah. it like, and it all was supposed to be in one tattoo, of course. Yeah. I feel like I that's kind of some of the... Well, he didn't, no, he was prepared to give the time. <laughs> But, like, to me, the, 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 I, the funny part was that, well, the, the problem with these things is they go against, so you want the feel of this beautiful tattoo that only has three things, but you want to shove everything in the world into it. It will never be the same. It will never be the feel of that tattoo. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a part of the disconnect that we get sometimes left over because this, same, this guy searched it online. He found these two images, you know, one had what he wanted and one was what he wanted, but it looked like crap, but he couldn't bridge the difference to see that his tattoo would look like crap if he applied the same principles. But I, I think that had something to do with, with the TV shows, you know, as like you say, now people come in and they think they have an idea of line work or background or coloring or whatever they've, you know, keywords that Mr. Toothpick focused in on for the day of the critique. And so now they feel like they have a control on it. Yeah. If 
if there's a conversation that can be improved, it's certainly the one between artist and client. And uh, hats off to you for attempting it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you, if if I can ever help. I don't know that I can ever be, con you know, if I can ever be concise enough to give a help in that. But I'm happy to do it if you ever, you know. Okay, I appreciate it. So, like, if, if like with these interviews, what we want to do is like definitely number one, kind of bring our clients back down. I don't want to say to reality, but just down eye eye to eye with us where like they don't need to feel like they need to address us like we're on TV. Oh yeah. You know, by thinking by thinking too too much or thinking thinking we're something we're not just over what they see of us on TV. Right. And then also right. make make it so we are a lot more personable with them. So where they feel like they can get in touch with us. Because I I know I run into people every other day and it's like, yo Rich, I've been trying to get in contact with you, but you know, you Hollywood, you big time now. And it's like I'm really not. <laughs> right. You weren't trying. No, to I I know that one. Because all you had to do was a book. It's very simple to get in contact with me. You know, so it's like trying no, to bring yes, I know. down to to serve our clients because I do firmly believe that. Granted, we are artists. We have these visions. We can do these amazing things with these tools that we have. But without our clients, we're nothing. So right. if, we, if we can't close that gap and put us back on the same page, I think it's going to be very hard for us to really grow this industry at the scale we'd like to, just because our clients are going to feel so separated from us. I follow. That makes sense so to me. Cause, uh, they're me doing a tattoo, but they have nothing to do with the tattoo. Like it's really about everything that else, ha everything else that happens in your session, like how much you learn about your client, how much your client learns about you, about these relationships that you form with your clients. And at the end of the day, it becomes like your own family or community amongst you and your clients. So that's really what I'm trying to highlight with you. Are you familiar with the term pretty girl syndrome when applied to the dating world? <laughs> that's where <laughs> a pretty girl... It sounds exciting. That's where a pretty girl can't get a date because everybody figures she's unapproachable because she has so many dates. Uh, yeah. And then after Ink Master, I kind of felt like that happened. Like, yeah. suddenly everybody's like, yeah, I want to get tattooed by you, but, you know, you're super expensive. And you're like, you know, I haven't changed my price at all. <laughs> like, I'm the same fucking <laughs> price, motherfucker. I have. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I, well, I did, I did have to change my price, actually. I had to, so. But I, originally, I, I didn't change it. But okay. I think that I had to change my price just so that people would would take it seriously. Does does that make sense? I get it. Like get they it. would, they they just wanted a small tattoo from me, and if I mm -hmm. if I I would be doing small tattoos all day, you know, just stupid, yeah. ugly. I don't even give a fuck about tattoos, and they would do that because they're like, oh, so so now I got like a six hundred dollar minimum. So that now we do good work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm wasting my time. Sometimes you do one of them small tattoos, and you'll, you'll fucking put two hours into designing it and, and ten minutes into tattooing it. Yep. Yeah. You're familiar. Yeah. Hey, you're first rodeo. 
<laughs> so that's what you're addressing then it seems one of the things they said uh it, it makes a lot of sense the way you say that because it brings it it is important to bring us all down to the same level because if they're talking up to us as artists then they won't offer sometimes their ideas or opinions that could be important to the uh, to the tattoo yep because they'll be so scared of, yeah, and they'll even say that sometimes, won't they? They'll be like, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to make you mad, Kyle, uh, but that was supposed to be blue, not red. You're like, fuck! Right, or they don't say it at all until they're showing people. Yeah, I don't know why he went with the red, because I specifically told him I hate red, uh, but he did it, and I just sat there and watched him. Put the ink out. I was like, I wonder why the red's there. I never said anything. He started dipping in the red and putting it in my tattoo. I started thinking, I wonder how he's going to turn that red to blue. <laughs> For real. They will do that. They will They will overthink it and just try not to complicate things for you. But it's like, nah, you need to speak up. This is, your, this is our piece. But you're leaving. Yes. It is important, I think, that it's our piece. Um, yeah. th th That's a... Also, one of the things we've admired, number one, think before you ink is a great hashtag alone, let alone a name, <laughs> title. So just having that is, is always been, a, as you've been working with it for the many years you have, it's been exciting to see just because of the thought. So I'm glad that you're going to be able to have something together. I'm sorry that you have to edit it. <laughs> Do you, you, you have a team, to, you got somebody that edits it for you. Yeah, I mean, I okay. Like sometimes I'll sit down with my videographer if I just want to be a part of the process, and I'll sit down with him. But like, we don't need that. Like, I, I trust him and his vision completely. Where, where, where does one find a videographer? I have been fortunate enough to just grow up with all of my videographers. Like all of them <laughs> I've ever had. Like we knew each other before we were in our respected fields. So it was just always a friendship before it became work. Like the one that you, I work uh, with now, I was tattooing him when he was 17, getting illegal tattoos from me because I didn't ID him because I assumed he was of age, like before he picked up the camera. You know? And then, then you meet his mom one day, and she's like, so you're the motherfucker. Well, his whole family is like heavy in the tattoos, so I, I don't even feel like they can. Oh, okay. Like, right they're, on. They're all in. <laughs> Right on. You uh you you still keep you you come up from a world of football. You still keep up with those guys? Yeah, like I speak to my football homies every day. Like we, I got a high school chat room and a, a college chat room. So <laughs> anybody make it on to the NFL? Yeah, I got a few people in the NFL. Nice. I got a few. Um, my boy Julian Stanford, he plays for the Panthers. He just started his 10th year, so congratulations to him. He's going to his oh, that's season. Awesome. My, my boy Vinny Ray, he did um, nine years with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's enjoying it right now because the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl, and he's been active. Is he still there? No, no, he retired okay. two years ago, but he's the team. Okay. Um, don't let me butcher it, but I feel like he's the team like minister. Like He does something in their religious field, but he still works with the team. He's still in Cincinnati. He was a captain on their team and everything. Like he was doing the same. That's awesome. You yourself, you're you're a Christian. Am I wrong? I mean, you're not I heavily am, practicing, right? But 
I I'm not really religious, bro. I'm spiritual. Like okay. I don't I don't yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I remember this on the very first day that we we that you and I met, and then the very first day that you also met um, Oliver. You remember what was happening? Like you you said something. You were like, "I ain't cool with that." You remember? I don't remember. The it? very first time we met any of the judges, Oliver had on his phone a flashing sign that said "Fuck Jesus." Remember that? Oh. Okay, I don't remember that, but this sounds like something I'd be a little against. <laughs> you, that's the first thing you ever said to me, I think. You know, it wasn't like, hey, how you doing, or my name is, stuff like that. Was <laughs> you were like, you just kind of said it kind of under your breath because you almost didn't know what to do, right? Because you were like walking around, <laughs> and we were all taking, you know, the notes. And for some reason, Oliver was over there purposely just being a dick to motherfucking people. Just like, hey, if you're religious, uh, fuck Jesus. You know, heads up. And you had said to me, you were just like, man, I, I'm not cool with that. That's all you said. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I'm not cool with that. I, I don't easily see that. Because I'm, like, like, I'm, I'm not extremely, I'm not religious at all. I am spiritual, but I am very against, like, unnecessarily putting down anyone else, anyone else's beliefs. Like, it, it could have it said, fuck Judaism. I still would have felt the same way. You know, it's like right. just because you don't you don't agree with it, that's cool. But like, you don't gotta spread hate on everybody else's beliefs. It's unnecessary. So it's it's, it's I don't know. It's it's kind of like little dickish. Like we fast forward up. and we find out that Oliver's a bit of a bigot. Yeah. <laughs> does yeah, just... does that surprise us that he had that that sign up to purposely piss people off when he is also purposely a bigot? Well, the crazy thing is, now I'm not surprised, but what was wild to me was like once I saw the pictures, I remembered seeing those pictures on MySpace years ago and just not knowing that it was Oliver. Oh, really? I've been like these are old pictures, but there was never a yeah. name attached to them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with it with any of it. I I did get told by somebody who made it pretty, I guess I don't want to say who did what because people figured it out, but he had a private conversation with Oliver after, you know, the finale and all that, and Oliver basically said some shit like, I wasn't going to let that girl win, and I wasn't going to let that black guy win. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Certainly not after the pictures come up. Like, I'm... I don't know. Like, the majority of this industry is fucking racist. So, like, I'm, nothing surprises me about anyone. I'm very much of a stick and mover. I know how to work a room. I know how to smile and keep being ha-ha with motherfuckers that I really don't care about just because I know I'm going to get what I need out of this relationship or this exchange that we're having. So it's like, I don't so, take shit personal for none of these motherfuckers. Does that mean that I'm still your favorite racist? Um, I don't ever really consider you racist. You're one you of did. my favorites. Nah, <laughs> you did. You thought I was not racist. Right on. You, I, 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 I should preface the story. I had a friend, and I was telling the story. I was like, I found out that he was racist 
like a fucked up way. Like we, we, I tattooed him. I'd uh, been at his house for like the 4th of July and shit. And then one day we're over at his house and he just decided to pull out some of his Nazi memorabilia. Um, it didn't make him a racist, but certainly didn't make him not a racist, you know? <laughs> yeah. I would, I, I'd be told a story like that. And I remember right away you were like, you just kind of, I started getting this kind of side eye from, you know, like this fucking racist motherfucker. And then when, when we were leaving, when, when, uh, or when you had been, um, when you had went home, we were all hugging and saying goodbye. And you were like, Kyle, you're my favorite racist. <laughs> well, if Which I wear with I pride. To, all right, don't don't wear I with pride. You're not racist, <laughs> but I am a firm believer in people being the company that they keep. Right. Yes. So, you know, but you also well, it didn't look good on my behalf to have that story. Now that being said, I ain't seen the guy since. Well, I have actually. It made you feel away. So if it made you feel away, then it's not something that that you stand for. Not at all. No. To me, uh, I think that the white race is is superior to all other races. Now I do, but now bear with me. However, we have we have a so like if we are all in a foot race, right? Like we have a very good starting point. Like we're far ahead of everybody. So we really don't get to figure out if we're far ahead of everybody until we get the same starting point. So I really want equality amongst all the races so then I can just finally be like, see, yeah, we're the best. Right, yeah. So I think, I think you differ, and which is why I say I won't ever call you racist. I feel like there are people... Dude, I was bullshitting that whole thing. Hold up now. Don't even, I, don't, I don't believe that yeah. for a second. I got to stop that. Oh, no, I, no, I thought no, you were no, going to no, call no, me no, out no, on it. That's real shit, though. Because, like, it is a fact that, no, I won't say the race is superior. No, but the race has a, a mile of a leg up. So the starting point is just a lot further. Like, Yo, that's, for what? Because that's, that's the white privilege that a lot of people don't yeah. don't know about. They don't get it. Even if they're white, they don't get it. I experienced it because I got off on a speeding ticket once, and I knew it was because I was white and in the right area. I was like, "Oh, we're in, we're in racist ass Mount Morris. That's why he's letting me go. Is because he thought I was black because I was dancing. I look black when I'm dancing. So when I'm driving, I can't, I, I can't dance." Because <laughs> otherwise okay. they pull me over, man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it is. It is what so the you, fuck you, it is. And... Did you think that that was racist? Of uh, Do you feel that racist Ali had anything to do with your removal or judgment? Do you think it played into into any of it? I Now, with all of the fuck shit that happens behind the scenes, I do stand for and believe that if you do a fire tattoo, they can't send you home. Right. So I do believe that the the bull was in my court for the majority of the time. And like, if I would have just popped out some fire tattoos, it's kind of like it, it would force them to have to change their script. I feel like that somewhat, but I've never reconciled properly seeing Craig go home without imagining something really fucked up, you know, like they, they said it was so that we didn't end up doing, or that Craig didn't end up doing a bad portrait on somebody. 
But they didn't mind somebody getting Roland to do a tattoo of the X-Men on him, which was a portrait. Maybe because it was... And he was able to ha-ha, kiki with them. Like, he was easier to control. Right, but so when they use the excuse of getting rid of Craig because he's going to do a poor portrait on somebody, I feel like, well, that's bullshit because, look at you let Roland do a portrait and you knew he wasn't ready to do one. You know, but it's also in relation to the rest of the artists. Like when Craig got eliminated, I don't feel like they were any trash tattoo artists. Do I feel like he should have got eliminated? No, I damn sure don't feel like he should have got eliminated. But I felt like being that everyone in the house was solid enough, right? It gave them it gave them a way to just eliminate Craig because it was like, all right, everyone's solid. He's not giving us exactly what we want, so we have to let go of him now because it might get harder later. Yeah. You know, it's all in relation. There's no way Roland would have lasted past episode two on our season, not to say anything bad about him, but just talking about the work that he put out on Ink Master. Yeah. No, he... he all he, in relation. He, he certainly... Uh, and he, he's journeyed quite a bit since then, too, obviously. We all did. Even, even Mystical is uh, a far better artist than he was originally on the show. Hey, actually, you're oh, around. you see him anywhere? Because he's out there in um, New York with you still. I, no, I don't see him in New York ever. I bumped into him at a few conventions, and I feel like one of the first conventions I bumped into him, and, like, his ego was all the way up. So at that point, it was kind of <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to just give you a quick little jiggle wave if we make eye contact and keep moving. But so right I'm on. not going to sit here and chop shit up with you. I'll tell you, I've learned a lot about that kid. His yeah. ego is um is different now. Like uh, he actually, I hope to have him on the show so so he can. I just called it a show. Um, I I hope to talk to him again with with uh with an audience and see if he can tell me to say the same things they said. Not because they're like like uh. You know, they're, they're not crazy. It's just like it gives you – it gave me – when he told me this recently, he, made a, he confided in me something that made everything else make sense. You know what I mean? Okay. Where you were like, oh, I get that. I see it now. And, you know, I almost feel bad about everything that I put on you prior, you I, know? I don't feel bad for anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand that. I ain't mad at you about it. I just, I, I just, it, 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 obviously he was, he was having a hard time. That kid was having a hard, he was going to have a hard time just because of the way he went in there. Because he did have a bit, he had an ego, you know, he was like, I'm the prettiest and I'm the best tattoo artist here. You're like, oh, that's, that, that's funny. That, that's going to make a lot of friends. Probably the smartest thing for you to do too. But he, he ended up reading um, How to Win Friends and Influence People a book that I recommended to him some time ago, and he, he explains to me that it made quite a change in his life. And I, I think for the better. Shout out to you. You're, Look at you being a motivational speaking coach. Look at that. <laughs> doing something that you would do. Yeah, I try to. Like, I, I waste two breaths, and I feel like if it's going in one end and out the other, then I'm going to just stop talking. Right. Yeah, I don't have time to listen. I do that more with customers nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when you see that they're not, you know, you're just like, okay, right on. You know what? You get what you want. You're paying me a lot of money. 
Now that you're paying me a lot of money, you can get a shitty tattoo if you want. I don't, you know? <laughs> if you pay me enough, I'll let you fuck your arm up for the rest of your life. No problem. Don't even listen to me. What, what the fuck do I know? I hope you don't really do that. I hope you don't. Unfortunately, I have. I had to stop. That's when I, I, rose my, I, that's when I raised my, my minimum was when I realized that I was just, I was just doing shit and it was shit. You know, because, and I was doing it like I would get up to the point and they would, they would, you know, be like, well, I've been thinking like this. And I would argue with them for long enough that I'm like, why isn't this making any sense? And then I would realize it's because the tattoo was too cheap for them to value my input. Hmm. That, does that make sense? You know, like, because I was giving to them so much control with the price that they were like, this guy's too much of an idiot. And then when I raised my price, people listened to me. It was like, well, that's amazing. It's such a different experience when somebody's coming to me and they want my opinion because they value it now. I saw, I saw they did this thing on a boardwalk where they took two cakes, scientific experiments, supposedly. I don't know. They did it on a, on a, game, a show called Brain Games. They take two chocolate cakes. They make them up. They're from the same batter. One's round and one is square. And they offer you a free piece of cake, but you have to give them an honest critique of both. So you have to tell them about the one cake, and you have to tell them about the, the one's $55. It has a price tag right on it. And the other one is 15 And the people that ate the $55 cake, it was like 99% of them loved it. It was it was rich, creamy, smooth, well worth the price. But then the people that ate the fifteen dollar one, well, they were actually both of them had to have it. It just wasn't as good. It was something was different. Now, behind the scenes, you know that actually both of those cakes are exactly the fucking same. The only difference is the idea of value that the person was receiving, and it made so much of a difference on their experience. Yep. I feel the same with tattooing. When I when I watch, I talk to uh, people getting tattooed by like Steve Butcher, you know, somebody who gets tattooed by them, who will spend ten thousand dollars for a weekend to get tattooed, and uh, mm-hmm. they don't offer. They just like I kind of, you know, value his opinion on everything. So I just I didn't offer. I didn't talk. I didn't say nothing. You know. Mm-hmm. But. Um. Let me get back to some of these. (laughs) Makes sense. I I get it, though. I get exactly what you're talking about. Just like just the perception of the dollar value and what it does, like to your psyche about the quality of what you're receiving. I think, yeah, I think it happens, and then it plays into our, um, into a lot of decisions for tattooing. But it plays into our uh, interaction with our client for sure, depending on, on where we're at. I remember if you give if I gave a tattoo away for free, I did a free tattoo for a police officer friend of mine's wife, um, and it took me 45 minutes. It was just the word love on her finger, and it took me 45 minutes to draw the E on there correctly for her with an ink pen, <laughs> let alone tattooing it. You follow me? Like she had so much input because it was free, I think. If I had charged her... A price for it, I think she would have been like, I don't know, I trust you. Yep. But what yep. kind of common Ink Master questions do you get asked? What's your most common question when someone finds out you're on the show? The crazy thing for me, because of my demographic, 
anytime anyone that brushes my path knows I was on Ink Master, they automatically ask about Black Ink. Really, about Caesar? Yeah, naturally. They ask me, all right, well, that's, yeah, have you ever been on Black Ink? Are you anything like them? Just because of my demographic. Are you kidding me? That's weird. Um, no, I'm not. Yeah, because I, I never get asked a single question about Caesar. I like to offer it because I, I like to think I'm his friend. Damn it! They got They should. They have to. They have to see me dance. Then I could probably change that up. They see me dance, and they'd be like, "Dude, do you know anything about Black Ink? Because you dance like. Well, you're right in the same area. You, you known Caesar forever, right? You knew him before the show. Okay. No. We, well, we, we were both the two black tattoo artists from New York that were televised at the same time. Okay. So He's done good. Ink Master was like the first year of Black Ink. So we were the two dudes from New York who were on TV for tattooing. Have you gotten to hang out with them very much? You know them at all? Yeah. We're cool. We chop it up. We're right. not like... We're not texting each other every day, like, hey, how's your day? No. But, right, like, yeah. No, if shit got to get handled with us, shit got to get done, and we could work pieces, and we work pieces. Right on. Just, Have you ever worked out there at, uh, at Black Ink? So I, I have a Black Ink contract for a season, but um, we, we couldn't get the story to stick. I, I can honestly say I was okay. a little too prideful, I feel. Oh, but, really? You know, you was right. it after yeah, Ink Master also, or something, or what? It was after Ink Master, so I also came in with that Ink Master head, like, ah, uh, I'm above all of y'all. But right. <laughs> instead of really just sitting back and understanding the whole other platform that I could be a part of instead of just, like, being there with my head too fucking high. Right. You, know, you were too good a tattoo artist and not good enough actor. You should have went in there as a humble actor, an actor. and you'd have jo – I got you. Yeah. But he's, he's doing good, right? I mean – um. I've just seen his new commercial. It looks good. It looks like he's got some money behind him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing great. <laughs> I miss, uh, I, I got to admit, I'm, I really liked, I met Caesar when he was with Duchess, and I met the two of them as a couple. And, uh, you know, me and my wife are, every, are always everywhere together, so it was really nice. Because, some, you know, if you're like a couple, then it's cooler to hang out with couples sometimes, you know? Or you feel like you got more to, in common. So, yeah. like, I kind of missed that him and Dutch just broke up. I can't watch the show no more because... Uh, <laughs> Are you sad, man? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm sad about it. Is that... And I guess I, I guess she was cheating on him, he was cheating on her. I don't know which is is, is what. But, yeah, it hurt, hurts me a little bit. I, I was like, and, and I guess what I did see is that new girl that seemed to be his, the, the girl he was dating or whatever, the, um, the new girl, she, she seemed like a real royal cunt to me. So I didn't want to, I was like, man, I don't even want to eat dinner with these two, you know? Like, I love Caesar. I'll hang out with Caesar anytime. But if I got to deal with this fucking Prada-wearing bitch, you fucking, you know, that's that judging my 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 uh, wardrobe all the time, you know, and telling me I can't hang out with it because I ain't got the right shoes or some shit. What made you feel like my Jordans are fine. Actually, I never met her, so I shouldn't even say. I'm judging her, aren't I? I'm yeah, doing the very thing. Like the very thing I accuse her of. No, I'm the, and it's just the show. That's what it is because, you know, she was good for drama. I don't even know if she's still around. 
but she was good for drama on the show. And uh, so I only know her from the show. What you're doing right now is what I'm trying to get clients to stop doing. Is prejudging? You just judge off of what you see from our own show. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying you don't want to be judged from what you did on the show is is what I'm hearing then, huh? Um, I don't now, now. I don't mind being judged because I do feel being in this space that we're in, we are a industry-driven kind of community. I think as yeah. long as someone has an opinion about you, you will always have a light on you, and that will always be good for business. But I would hate for people to be glued to their judgment or opinion of me just because of what they saw of me on TV without getting to know me. Like, if you're going to judge me but then create a space to now get to know me to see if your opinion sticks, then great, we can do that. But if you're going to be, like, so gung-ho to what you saw and what you think I am, then you can keep it. You, uh, how are you dealing with all that Ink Master royalty money? What? what what's that? <laughs> You know, all that money that you got when Ink Master was put on Netflix. What, what, who, who got in check for that? You got in check? You, you, didn't, you didn't buy a new car or anything uh, with it? Like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, man, I got a whole new wardrobe and shit off that. It's not what you did, huh? I would have bought some fucking stock. That's what I would have did if they would have gave me a royalties check. That shit would have gone right back into the market. I don't know that You told me when Trump was in that you was getting into stocks. You still doing it then? I was in stocks from the 08 recession, bro. Oh, good on you. Well, fuck yeah. yeah well, you actually, yeah. you got me interested in it, and so I didn't do any stocks because, you know, I'm lazy. But my wife, uh, she studied up, and she, she did all right and got us a little bit of a portfolio going now. There we go. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. Don't look for the Teamwork. home run swing. Yeah, it's not the home run swing, though. You're looking steady for, like, steady one hitters. That shit will build up. <laughs> what do you mean? That's what he said, right? 30, 10, 10, 20, I don't know. Whatever, whatever Berkshire Hathaway says, that's what we do, right? I, I right. got a broke at this point. I don't even touch that shit. Really? Uh, yeah, huh. man. Like, you high for I'm what? You're highfalutin. You bougie. Not bougie, but I'm big on a team. It's like, why do I need to wear that hat? If I know someone else that wears that hat, just bring them up. Hey, Halo pointed something like that out to me, actually. He says, Kyle, if you are, there's three heads to a business. And if you are doing two of them, then one of them will suffer. If you're doing all three, all three will suffer. All of them. Yep. That's a fact. I think he's right. I've seen it. And that's why I'm so lazy now. Because I'm like, ah, I would do something, but I'll probably fuck it up. <laughs> no, don't, don't spread yourself too thin, man. you got to let other people handle things. I'm pretty sure you have people around you that want to help, but they don't really know how to help, and they just need you to delegate. Yeah, no, I do. I, I've got a whole, I can't be as lazy as I am without developing some kind of, uh, you know, uh, crew. It's like them 600-pound people. You know, and you're like, there's no, you, one person cannot get that fat. 
Like you, you know, you you cannot eat that much by yourself because you will burn too many calories going to the refrigerator. You're gonna need some help. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna get big enough to be forklift out of your house, you're gonna need some help. Somebody's gonna have to deliver them fucking cream pies and them them ho hos. Go DoorDash all that shit somehow. <laughs> Hey, how'd you even get into tattooing, man? You're you're a football kid. You, were you in art when you were in high school? I was an artist my whole life, bro. Like, I honestly didn't know I had a talent until I got to, like, the first grade, and I realized the kids in the class couldn't do the shit I was doing. And then it was like, okay, I guess I'm that kid, you know? So from then on, I've always just been in school in the art programs. And, um... That's different. It's not usually somebody that's uh, in, involved heavily with sports that is also involved with art programs. And, and you were heavy that, enough in sports um, to get a scholarship. Yeah, definitely. I think that as quiet as it's kept, the majority of athletes have a creative bone in them. I, I, I see that. Let's do I don't know why. Yep. I really can't like pin the theory behind it, but most of us are. And I just, I was just fortunate enough to know what I wanted to do before I was ever doing it. Like I knew I wanted to be a professional artist, but I never said I wanted to be a tattoo artist. That kind of just right. fell in my lap as I just continued to progress as an artist. And it just went from um, me being in prep school because I went to prep school after high school before college because I was trying to get a better scholarship. I really wanted to go to Rutgers. I really did, but it didn't happen. But um, I was there, just, and I was just drawing tattoo designs for students. Because in prep school, most of them is all boys, no phones, no TVs. So it was really just me and my fucking sketchbook and just a whole bunch right. of homies wanting me to draw their designs. And then I sold the design, heard how much the homie paid for the, for the tattoo, and it was just like, all right, I'm leaving too much money on the table. And I just picked up a kit and got to it. Right up. Uh, what was your first kit? Um, some whack shit off of some whack website. It was everything probably cost me probably about two fifty, three hundred dollars. <laughs> was, was it one of those ones? Did it come with a I diploma and all? It might have came with some bullshit ass certificate. <laughs> right on. They used to have that. I remember you could you would order the setup and it would come with something to put on your wall. It was like I'm bona fide. I bought this shit. Yeah, like it was trash, but that shit lasted me for like a good three years. I made a lot of money off of that trash setup. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like um, when when you say that a lot of uh, sports people are also creative, I, that makes that strikes that makes sense to me because you know to be high at least you're good inside of your field of sports, you're going to have to think creatively or different than others, perhaps. If you're doing the same yeah. thing, you know, you're going to keep running up the middle and you're going to get blocked every time because they know what you're doing. So yeah. I, I kind of also feel my experience has not been in college or sports, though. My experience has been jumping around institutions occasionally, and I feel like a lot of people inside of our prison system are actually also untapped artists. Extremely. Oh, amazed sometimes. That. What's that? I definitely agree with that. Like, you have to have a creative open mind to just to live in there without losing your sanity. <laughs> right. And some, I think that there's some of it that the, that the society doesn't um, support 
art enough that it doesn't become a valuable thing to people in society or even like, so like a lot of kids on the street, like a lot of kids rapping might not even realize that that is a high form of art, you know, because it's communication at the highest level. So like, like they might just be rapping, you know what I mean? To them, it, it ain't art. Explain it to me. We got time. So the way I look at how these institutions handle art, I look at it in a way of control in a sense. So now I don't, I feel like we would be dumb to think that the way the system sets up, I feel like we'd be dumb to think that they think that art is useless. I feel like it's intentional to defund these art school budgets and to just always yeah. keep the rhetoric of the um the um what is it the struggling artists out there because I feel like the system is very much of a capitalistic system and we are very big on technology. I feel like technology now can replace anyone in the world other than the artist. And I feel like okay. the artist yeah. at the end of the day will be the last person to survive this technological uprise. So I right. think these schools, they, they don't want they don't want you to get better as an artist because the system can't replace the artist yet. Okay. That's why, you know, so they, that's they, why football gets more money than the art project. And if the, if the school is determining what they're going to cut, it's not going to be the coach's salary. It's going to be yeah. the extracurricular yeah. art, which actually in my high school, there's some irony that I, the high school I, I uh, you know, took my art class through and all that stuff when I was a kid. Um, the art teacher that was just their job to be art teacher was replaced by an art teacher that is also a coach and gym class teacher. So, so yeah. it was, it, it's like uh, they'll always be able to get paid because, you know, they're in, in, in a track and field, as it were. So they'll always yeah. be a coach there. And now they can also do this little art thing, that little, you know. Yeah. Funny, one of um, my I, – actually, I won't. I, I can't even go there. Never mind. I'll shut up before I start talking shit on some of my <laughs> art teachers that, that, that are still still working these days. I don't think they've all retired. I'll wait till, till they retire, and then I'll talk some shit about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've had a, a – handful now probably like three great art teachers maybe one great one to me personally and like two other good ones were any of them the ones that brought you did any of them teach you tattooing or is that a self-taught thing Nah, that was extremely self-taught i'll say college though my art professors supported it but they didn't it's not like they knew anything about it to teach me anything right like, i was tattooing in college already and um, it's funny that you brought up that thing because I was actually casting for their second or third season before I got cast for Ink Master. And, like, they I'm glad you got on Ink Master. Like instead, you know, that's a lot better for you. I'm glad. And we wouldn't have met, obviously. You're right. <laughs> I, didn't know you were, I didn't know you were casting for it. 
Yeah, they, they flew me out. Like, I was part of, like, the final 25. I didn't get picked for, like, the actual cast. But, like, the, during that process, that's why I was in school. So, like, my professors, they were all, all for it. Like, Rich, go do your thing. Right. You have a leg, a leg up on us as artists already. We're going to fully support you. Don't worry about these assignments. We know you'll handle them. You're an amazing student. Do your thing. So, what, like, what, they, they what college support. were you going to? Wagner. Wagner College is on Wagner. Uh, that's cool. They supported it's, you like that. Yeah, it's a performing arts school, so it's a big theater school, but they have a cool little art okay. program, and um, they're definitely on the uprise as far as football goes with that school. Well, you're not, not an actor either. You're an actor. Yeah. Am I wrong? <laughs> you would wrong. take a role. I definitely would. Right I've actually thought about acting. I was wondering. You, you, you haven't gotten an agent, though. No. You probably know somebody. Yeah. You're like, no, but I know a guy. Yeah, I know a few people I can contact when I'm ready for that. Right now, I really just want to do everything I can with Think Before You Ink and get that ball rolling before I take on another, a whole other like, occupation. Because I still have oh, come to on, bro. I have yet to really know. You're going to use up all that pretty. Nah. You're going to be left with all the old, and they ain't going to want you no more. You're lucky you're a guy. You, we just get distinguished. So you're right. You, yeah. you can wait on it. <laughs> you can. It was a Morgan Freeman didn't get a role until he's like fifty two, right? So you're, you'll be. And I feel like he's fifty two since I was like twenty two. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm also making that up. I don't. I think I'm pretty sure I'm lying about all of that. <laughs> you know, not to trust me. Those big roles. He did start getting those big roles the older he got. Right on. I think he was on either Sesame Street or The Electric Company. As as a as a part, I'm pretty sure he was on like just is like a dancing man with a with. I I I should stop talking on my ass. I have no idea actually either. Before I say, oh, you don't know. I don't because I'll supplant some shit. Once I find out somebody don't know, my brain will start working until it's like, then it makes up some facts and then I believe them too. <laughs> and then you come back to me sometime later, like motherfucker, I was telling a party of people. I was like, fucking Morgan Freeman was on Sesame Street. And then for Google that shit and made me look like an idiot. Fuck you, Kyle. Yeah, I definitely won't quote you on that. What's what's the difference? Um, being a black tattoo artist, there's different challenges than being a white tattoo artist. I mean, I don't know them all, but I got to figure. Uh, is it is that anything? Is the reason that you were more self-taught, or did you never really look for an apprenticeship? I. I didn't really look too hard for an apprenticeship. I hit up a few people that I knew that I wanted to learn from, and it didn't work out. It's so crazy, though, because one of the dudes I reached out to learn from, he, like, he wasn't with nothing, but he ended up working for me, like, years after, which was kind of crazy. So it was, it was a funny situation. But, um, yeah. And, like, I talked to him like I talked to him about that, and he's like, yo, I don't even remember talking to you on the phone. You know how many people would contact me to learn how to tattoo? I'm like, I get it. Like, right. now that I'm here, I get it. But it, it right. was funny. But, Did it hurt you a little yeah, at the time? No, Sticking your pride some? No, nah, because I feel like the, the football in me was like, I'm, I'm going to get it regardless. Like, whether someone teaches me right. how to do this or not, like, I have enough just confidence in myself and enough discipline and just how I go about things that I know I'm going to figure it out. So not getting uh -huh. an apprenticeship 
it was never like, oh, my gosh, the world's over. Oh, no one's going to teach me. Like, I, I'm going to figure it out. I don't ever really put my power too much in other people's hands. I feel like I feel that I, I've told people when I first started tattooing, people would come looking for where I would always be really kind, and I'd never talk down to them, I'd never beat them up, and I would they would always go away. You know, they wouldn't get the job, but they didn't feel like they were as shitty as they were, and oftentimes they were shitty. And <laughs> one day, I stopped doing that, and I just started telling people the exact opposite, and I'll tell you why. I had a friend of mine who went into a big name tattoo shop around here and he asked for an apprenticeship and they told him he was terrible. They laughed at all his artwork and they told him to never even think about being a tattoo artist. Fast forward three years later, he owns his own shop and he's some of their biggest competition. Now that that's one story that I knew, but since being in the industry, I started seeing it a lot that most people started out or that were a success they had somebody tell them they would never make it as that you know and so i kind of started to do that for people myself they would come in with shitty work and instead of allowing them to give me an excuse when they would give me an excuse for showing me a shitty tattoo or a shitty painting or drawing or whatever they did i would beat them up about it i would be rude as fuck and one time, I was in a friend's shop, and his his employee came up to me and was like, hey, remember me? And I'm like, nah, I don't recall, man. And he's like, yeah, I tried to get a job with you. You told me I should cut my fingers off. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wow, well, it sounds like it worked out perfectly for you. You know, he was trying to be pride about it. He was trying to be like, look where I'm at now, motherfucker. But um, the funny thing is to me, I was like, it worked. You know, to me, I was like, no, I, was, I remember saying I'm not helping these kids at all. None of them are getting anything from me, you know. And so I started telling people the, app, the exact opposite. And look at where you're at now. I explained that to his boss. I was, yeah, I was like, you should thank me. I was explaining that to his boss because I was tattooing his boss who had worked for me some years prior and now had his own shop. But his boss was like, yeah, funny thing about that is, Kyle, I'm going to fire him tomorrow. I just didn't want to do it today because you were coming up. No. <laughs> He's like, yeah, his work still kind of sucks, actually. Kyle, he just fucked up some lettering yesterday. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes though, it's those, uh, it's those people put the hurdle in front of you, you know. And some people are like, yeah, I'll never jump over that. And then sometimes yeah. there's people, you know, like ourselves that are like, I, I don't have to jump over it. I can go underneath it. I can walk around yeah. it. All kinds of shit, motherfucker. Watch. Yeah. Like, yeah. like when they cut off my electric, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I can get it back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's illegal. <laughs> but legalities didn't stop me in so many other cases. Yeah. You never, you never took that route, though. You never nah, took any of the, you, you never really did crime or nothing like that. Nah, I've been a straight, a straight guy my whole life, man. I got a fucking you, uh, and I thought the world was over. <laughs> Do you have a relationship with your grandma or your grandpa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right on. I was, yeah. I was just going off of a statistic there. Cause they say people that have good relationships with their grandparents are like 80% less likely to ever go to jail or be institutionalized. You know what's crazy? The crazy thing that that 
that that's even on your radar. So the time that I got arrested for a DUI, right? Mm -hmm. so at this time, I'm probably 20. I'm 22. I just finished college. This is literally the same year I just finished, like, graduated, got my degree and everything. The first thing I thought about once the officer put those handcuffs on me was how am mm -hmm. I going to tell my grandmother? I didn't even think about my mother, <laughs> no, and I, I, I lived with my mother at the time. Right. So like, my grandmother's going to be devastated. That's funny. <laughs> like, yeah. That's so, I mean, I, it's, I don't know if it's, that's awesome. That's because I'm a grandparent now. You, I don't know if you knew my my daughter had a little little baby, so of course I'm trying to be. She just sent me a little video message. It was so cute. She's like, "I love you, Grandpa, with all the tattoos." But, uh, yeah, so of course I want to be in her life. Um, well, for several reasons. One, it's it's just fun to have a kid that you don't have to clean up after. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> and then two, you know, I want to make sure that she's she's going to be able to do good in life. So if I have a good relationship with her, hopefully that all you know works out. Yeah, I, it definitely will, bro. Yeah, good dude. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, you know what, General Jay gave me one of the best sign offs. I think I'm about to use it. You got anything you want to you want to touch up before we head out? Anything I want to touch up? Um, I. Yes, the only thing I'm going to want is to make sure that you keep these things going. Definitely refer to it as a show because it is a show. So be one with your platform and own it and maximize it to its fullest capability. Do not talk down on it. It's nothing little. It's huge. I commend you for doing it. I definitely hope I appreciate that. the next show. Yeah, bro, keep, keep going for it. Keep going for it. Keep doing you, your thing. I think you doing Philly? only going to... Um, no, I'm not doing Philly. I got a, a seminar out in Atlanta during the same week. Oh, awesome. Out there for, yeah. So I'm, I'm seminar for tattooing, though. Yeah. Um, so I'm a part of this collective called the Black Tattoo Experience. So mm -hmm. That's what can, can Okay. I thought we were talking about Think Before You Ink, but Candy said, make sure you talk about the Black Tattoo Experience. But anytime, okay. you know, I watched 12 Years a Slave. So it just it like <laughs> so like as a, as a honky watching Twelve Years a Slave, I'm like I don't know if I want to know about the Black Tattoo Experience. It sounds like I might come away hating myself. No, not at all. Um, so am I going to want to be like, man, fuck Whitey, that motherfucker be screwing shit up? <laughs> what is the Black Tattoo Experience? I always appreciate your honesty and, and your your honest ignorance, and you are not afraid to just ask always. Don't be afraid. To Good. Ask. Thank you. Maybe you uncomfortable, know but it's always better when you ask. So, um, so black tattoo, black tattoo experience. experience. Mm -hmm. It's a collective of artists that have started a community that could be looked at as a safe space for black tattoo artists. So, like, how you just asked, like, did I have any issues, like, coming up as a black tattoo artist, getting an apprenticeship or anything? So granted yeah. that I I might not have had those issues, but we're no, but a safe space for the right. I asked for a reason because yeah. it's it's kind of similar yeah. to the way Randy was explaining. He's like, as a gay guy, it's not like you just get everybody wanting to teach you to tattoo, and there's got to yeah. be a similarity too. Being a because when I was coming up, I don't I never met a black tattoo artist. I'm trying to think the first time I did.
Like, honestly, it was such a rarity, right? And and a lot of the people coming up that were tattooing were like, I don't know if they are purposely racist, just bigoted, but they, they certainly weren't trying to help out people that were black into their industry, you know? So So this is a collective that helps people with those very issues. So, like, we might not have had issues. Like, I I didn't have the issues coming up, but I have enough leg in the industry to now help someone else who is having those issues. That's awesome. So they do feel a lot more accepted in this space. Because you got to think, like, going to these tattoo conventions, if you're not someone who's, like, solid on your own, it could be very intimidating for a black tattoo artist to get a booth in in one of these tattoo conventions. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and not like, even even not not just getting it, but just showing up even as an artist just starting out when you go to a tattoo yeah. convention, there's so many you feel like you're possibly fucking up all the time. You're like somebody's judging me. Did I call it a gun instead of a machine? All those little things, yep. you know? Yep. So, that's so really as a as a black tattoo artist, I imagine it's probably a bigger spotlight or a bigger fear of that that's probably why honestly i talk to a lot of black artists um when i see them at shows and stuff not like i go out of my way but you know they watch my show and they they want to say hey or whatever and when i give black tattoo artists uh a bit of my time and it's not even a lot but they always thank me so much you know what i mean like i feel that i guess just in their response to me accepting them I feel that there must be a, a, a different magnifying glass on them. Or now, what about tattooing black skin? Because there there are limitations. I'm a tattooer, so I know there are limitations to tattooing black skin that also can make it tougher. Because if when I start out, I'm tattooing the people that I know, and most of the people I know are white, so I'm having an easier time. If you're a black tattoo artist you're going to probably be tattooing more people that are black when you start out. So now you have a, a, a harder limitation because of the um, limitations of contrast on their skin. Do you find that that's uh, something you guys talk about too, or is that something you've experienced, and how do you deal with it? So that that's such an interesting topic because I, I tread lightly on how I speak about that, especially in public platforms like this. This is even though me and you are having a conversation, this is a public public platform. Yeah. Now yes. your, yeah. your view your view on tattooing darker skin being more difficult. It has a different is, set of limitations because of the contrast it can be hard. Yes. It yes. can be harder to achieve. Now I think for an artist who tattoos on darker skin on the regular, we don't ever even process it as a, limita- as a limitation because it is regular for us. Okay, right. So what? with that space, I do feel we do have a leg up on the industry in our regards because to what the masses look at a limitation we as a minority look at it as the regular because that's what we're accustomed to doing. So I think in, in that space of tattooing black skin, I 
as selfish as it may sound or may seem, I think you got a leg up. Trades that I think we should keep amongst us. Oh, look at you, Wakanda motherfucker. Just going to keep all your vibranium. You ain't going to share it with none of the world, huh? Now, now, now I will say, I will say with that, let's say if me and me and you, we just have huh. a, just an us combo, and you wanted to pick my brain, I would have no problem. No I found, yeah. So giving you my input in ways that you could achieve that better, only because I have enough confidence in our relationship that if the tables were turned, you would do the same for me. Yeah, but yes. And and I wouldn't I, I understand that not trying to to get all your tips and secrets out there. I just didn't know if there was anything you would talk about on it, I guess. I'm excited to hear that too. Um because it 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 to me how do I explain this without not sounding like an idiot? I'm going to I'm an idiot. So let me just explain it. I'm an idiot. Um if I was if I was black, I would probably want to get tattooed by a black tattoo artist. Not because necessarily just because of the kinship or, or the, you know, uh, the, the race that we share, but moreover because of the experience that, we, that, that that person will have with my skin, with my, you know. And now uh, being a white tattoo artist or a white person getting tattooed by, I don't think that would make a difference in that case. You, because that person... That, that black person, that black tattoo artist, may actually feel like, oh, wow, this is, this is an awesome experience for me tattooing white skin. So I do it, I do it less often, but I get, I get to play with tricks that I don't pull out of my bag all the time, you know, or that I have to keep back. Yeah. You follow me? To me, it seems like it should be, it, it's a relatively broad, it, it should broaden the, uh, the market of people getting tattooed by black tattoo artists because yeah. white people should be able to get tattooed. Black people should definitely be getting tattooed by them. When I tattoo black skin, I, I, tr I make it a, we have a conversation about what tattoos I think will work best for. And, and I think there are so like, you know, more to me, it's more open space and, uh, and more, um, it's actually the same. <laughs> I try and tell white people to do the same fucking shit, actually. I'm like, simplify, 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 you know? But um, I think I get more, more actual ability to control my client in that case because then I, I say, well, I've got this limitation I'm working with, so I'm going to keep it simple. Okay. That, that's enough me talking about it. I guess now I've given away some of my secrets on it. Hey, Shut up, Kyle. You're gonna take. <laughs> I ain't giving away money. <laughs> so who is it? Who who makes up the Black Experience uh, Collective? Is is there a is it a is it a growing group? Are you guys keeping um, uh, membership limited, or I mean, well, obviously limited somewhat among Black people, but who is a part of it? Well, it, a growing group. This is only the second seminar. The CEO of the company, his name is Swift. He goes by Swift Premium on Instagram. He works. Is he a tattoo at, artist? Yes, yes. He, he works. Is, at, you guys, um, Black you're in Atlanta. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, you're in Atlanta, so I was thinking that maybe you were fucking around with Tro and B Big Dane as well. I'm pretty sure he's out Tro there. Probably will be out there. 
Okay. Sure I knew that Tro kind of had a falling out of some sorts with uh, Black Ink, so I wasn't sure if the, everybody oh, was all copacetic. I don't know. I shouldn't say falling out. That that gives the way wrong. I forget the <laughs> platform that I'm on to sometimes. It wasn't a falling out, but I know that they're not working together with Black Ink anymore. Okay. But he, he's down there in Georgia, right? He, Tro's yeah. Georgia kid. Okay, awesome. Yeah, he, might, he, might, he might be there. But Craig Foster know. is also, right? He's out there in Georgia. He's in Georgia. He's probably a little while from Atlanta, though. He might be like an hour and a half out from Atlanta. Okay. Well, when you go do this, is it a... Yeah, guys, you know, anytime I talk to Craig, I've got such a respect for that guy. Um, yeah, I love Craig. And he's so, he's so easy spoken, easy to get along with, I guess. Yeah. It's amazing what a good artist he is. From that season, I, the people who I have enjoyed to have, like, communication with is you, Craig, Joey, and Jimmy. Vinny? I, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah, Litwalk. Okay. I was like, who's Vinny? Yeah, I haven't – it's been a while since I talked with Jimmy, actually, myself. I haven't, I haven't yeah, checked I in on him. I should – Yeah. I'll, I'll make him a part of this sometime. Now, I don't think I've spoken to him since he um, had broke his leg. It's been a little while. I don't even think I've spoken to him. I, I Like you said that I had to remember that he broke his leg. That was in, uh, in some training or something like that. He was doing BJ Brazilian yep. Jiu-Jitsu, I think. Yeah, because yep. he's an MMA kid. You know, I got yeah. the tattoo, uh, the UFC, uh, Bellator's, and UFC's commentator, and now he works for WWE on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I, I got to tattoo that guy. Yeah, you so, might have uh, to, like, nurture that relationship. Stay on that. Yeah, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. I don't know, because I, I love that MMA stuff, and so I want to know more about his opinions. Back in the day, he was the one that told me I was going on about Ronda Rousey. And he, he's not one that talked shit about her. He wasn't talking shit about her, but he did say, you know, yeah, she's a hot item, but he was interested to see how her career would go after she shot that film. She shot a movie, and he was like, he's interested to see if they stopped handling her career the same because he felt like they weren't giving her the best of the competition at the time. And they were kind of, because she was prettier, they were kind of keeping her undefeated almost. I, Man, I hope I'm not putting words in his mouth. I'm probably putting <laughs> words in his mouth. And you know, it's such it's a funny world because, like, yeah, I see, I have to edit now, don't I? I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to. I just, now I'm going to get I'm just, he's going to end up beating my ass, and then Ronda's going to end up beating my ass. And the sad part is they both easily can. <laughs> that girl's oh, tough boy. as shit. But, and as you ended up in the WWE. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't ruin their, their relationship by saying. <laughs> I'm sure it can't. I'm sure it can't. It ain't like he was ever talking down on her. He was just saying, careers are funny, you know? Sometimes sometimes you need to make something bigger than it is so that your thing can look bigger than it is. Yeah. Sounds like I'm talking about penises there. <laughs> no, you really can't say that. <laughs> no, well, it depends on if you, if you buy the right ruler, 
you turn it over, that's a centimeter side, but if you represent it oh, in inches, <laughs> scratch off the CM, put the IN in there, <laughs> you're, you're good to golden. When it's time to perform, though, that is what it is. Right. Hey, brother, I think I've stayed too long, and I've said too much. So I think I'm going to call it. That's a, that's a General Jay gave me that as a sign-off. It's fucking awesome. I couldn't remember it when I was doing this. I, I did one of these with my son yesterday, and I couldn't remember it. <laughs> but now I can. I've stayed too long. I've said too much, and now i got to go. Hey, it's been great, brother. Uh, look forward to getting this posted, and uh, I'll get you some links to it and all that stuff. But other than that, I'll talk to you again real soon. Next tattoo show I see you at. Dope, dope. I appreciate the time, man. I'll definitely see you, and we'll be able to do our things off camera. Awesome. Take care.